Hello everyone, this is Greg here from The Thing You're About to Listen To. Before we get started, a quick note. You will hear me and Tom talk about a little bit of section where he fucked up. That is going to be right at the end of this episode, and we invite you to fill in the spaces with your own thing and send it in to us. It'll make sense. Anyway, let's crack on. C-A-G-E-F-I-G-A-T Oh my god. Oh my god. This is Cage Uh it seems to be picking up wavelength, so I believe it is working. Really? Yes. Mar- marvelous. Hello everyone, and you may have heard some bits just now, right? Which would have been me speaking to silence, and I invite you all to uh, I've I've left a few spaces in between. You can do Tom's bit for those couple of minutes. Yeah, this if is a send... pod along. <laughs> yeah, if they send in they send in a recording of what they think would be best. Particularly because I asked a couple of questions, and I will leave bits of that in with big empty spaces for them to fill in <laughs> as they see fit. Yeah, yeah, we are pioneering a new format for podcasting. It's like, a, it, right, we, we, we both enjoy choose-your-own-adventure games, but what's better than that than just choose-your-own-second-person-in-podcast game? The ultimate improv challenge. Yeah, there should, there should be more of this. Uh, as has already been alluded to today, whether or not audience have heard it, I don't know, but I've had enough of you, audience, right? You sit there, and you, you listen, you think it's all for you. It's not for you, it's for us. It's all about us, and you're just sort of vehicles for our own ego. Yeah, absolutely. You're here to shepherd our egos and our ids into a plane of existence far above what you could normally reach. Yeah, that's you what, bastards. That's what you're here for, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it's too much to ask them to send in <laughs> half yeah. the show. Yeah, you guys could put in a little bit of work on this. Come on. Exactly. Just meet us halfway. That's all we're asking. But anyway, yeah. just in case they don't already know, Thomas, what do we do at Cage Fight? All right, so Cage Fight is a podcast with me and Gregory, if you didn't already know. And we take <laughs> two Nicolas Cage films that are completely different from each other, usually. Mm. And we uh, examine each one. And we determine which one we enjoy morest, and yes. that's a word, and we push it through to the next stage of battles. We will keep doing this until we find the penultimate, the masterful, the cagest of cage films. Amazing. Amazing. I'm looking forward to that. I like to think that I, I wish we could skip ahead, like... Um, to get to round two so we can knock out all the absolute dross. But we've got to work through the dross to get to the yep. gold. Yep, yep. What are the two films... So speaking of dross, <laughs> what are the two <laughs> films that we've got today again? Want to lead into what is the objective truth of these two films, one of which was 8mm, and the yes. second one is Wicker Man, the notorious, poorly received film, <laughs> Wicker yeah. Man. Is poorly, poorly received. Fuck it. Let's open with the Wicker Man. My initial thought. Now, I, I, I hope you sat down comfortably, because I think the Wicker Man gets a bum deal. I, Ooh. I think, I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's as 
bad as people make out, and mm. I will justify myself. But first, let me just briefly race you through for anyone who hasn't watched it. And come on, you've watched it. Some of you will have watched the original from the 70s, but mm. none of you will have read the book. And I have not read the book yeah, either. But I've, we'll just pretend that. I read the book. I watched oh, wow. the, the movie. And mm. I gotta say, like, the... You know, I don't normally feed into or enjoy, like, the superhero-type films, but I love, yeah. like, the genus of this man, you know, getting bitten by Wicker and becoming the Wicker Man. <laughs> it's just that it's a moving story. <laughs> it is. It, it is. Um, and yeah. the prequel to uh, the 1980s horror film Basket Case. Yeah, indeed. I can't wait uh, to see that one. Right. Here's, here, I, I, I've even went and jotted down the entire film in about a minute, right? So this sums it up. Because Nicolas Cage is a traffic cop named Edward, a lovely little allusion to Edward Woodward, the original actor in the original film, but Edward, who was t- having to take time off work after being commended for not saving ghosts from being crushed to death in a car accident. He is a traffic cop, remember, a traffic cop, not a detective. He gets a letter from an ex inviting him to Summerall to investigate her missing daughter, which later, turns out, is also his daughter. His own missing daughter, Summerall, he goes over there. He gets to this bizarre island, which seems to be something of a libertarian wet dream, and all the women on the island are decidedly unhelpful, are probably evil, and as he investigates this disappearance, he's not a detective, he's a traffic policeman, he's not a detective, and he investigates the disappearance very poorly, probably because it's not within his skill set. This goes on for ages, and Cage gets understandably and justifiably more and more wound up eventually he finds the girl and guess what it was all a trap and then all the women there really needed him to come along to be in a pagan sacrifice get get sacrificed so they can make more honey because the crops failed last year because there wasn't enough humans being murdered or something uh cage is then murdered the end that's essentially the film right um Mm. do you agree that that's a brief summing up yeah that is that's pretty much exactly what happens during the film it there's not like there are little moments here and there where he's discovering stuff but it's never Mm. anything like fucking nuts or notable and that one of the most notable things about it is the writer and director of this version right was neil laboot right Mm. who is a highly respected and lauded writer and director. Like, he is up there in sort of, like, the the god status, god tier of Mm. um, uh, film school students would go like, oh, the man's a masterpiece, and he's won all kinds of awards and honours. And he penned this absolute silliness. And the reason it's so silly is because the original Wicker Man was sort of like uh, piety versus pagan, so like a puritanical policeman who's all Mm. sort of God-bothering, and his disgust at these uh, heathens who were doing all this paganistic nonsense, and and a lot of the horror and a lot of the shock and awe from it came from watching Edward Wood... Would Ed Edward Wood 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 like in, in, in revolting performance? Wow, his performance that was brilliant of being so revolted by this that that gave a lot of power to this. You know, in this, the seventies one, it was a B movie, and this one is following suit, right? Whereas this, they've changed it to be men v women, and all women are evil, and all men are subservient to evil women, which is it, always uncomfortable, particularly when Cage 
like because last time we watched cage films it was the painfully misogynistic national treasure one and two yeah and and now we've got this as well now a lot of people make fun of this film and go on about it being stupid and cage being proper cage uh and he punches and drop kicks a lot of women in it but yeah that doesn't happen till right towards the end, by which time they have been, let's be fair, not asking for it, but really irritating. Like, every <laughs> single time he asks any question, they've been intentionally trying to uh, mind game him, and he's not good at investigating, because he's a traffic cop. Yeah, he's, he's not. terrible. He's really the most awful investigator of all time. He goes about his investigating ways just Think about, like, the worst... If you were role-playing this character, mm. it would be like a murder hobo deciding yes. to turn private investigator and just makes every, every decision that could be made makes the incorrect one. That's yes. the character. Definitely. And, and the film's really... It does weird things, because it essentially just tries to... Every, every woman on the island seems to have a twin... Right, mm, that's right. That was so weird. There's three different characters that they draw attention to it, so I'm going to take that and assume every single woman mm. on there has a twin. Mm. And I'm not sure why they. I don't know whether that just means because they're yeah. magic or because they're evil. They or, never assigned any true value to the presence of twins, other than it just being creepy. <clears throat> yeah. Which I think is weird because twins are creepy, and if you're listening to this and you're, yeah, uh, I'm a twin. In a, uh, well, that that I find creepy about you. Yeah, it's I'm creepy. <laughs> I I fully admit. Are you an identical twin, or I I have a fraternal twin brother. Okay, mm. but that I mean that's. Do you do, when you were? I mean, are you friendly or close, or were you ever friendly or close to your uh, twin? Uh, not really. <laughs> Okay, cool. So, um, is is this too close to the bone and too like personal for us to speak about? I'm an open book. Okay, in which case, did you ever have a secret language? No, not at all. Period. Oh, oh fair enough. Well, that, I mean, that draws a line under it. Really, <laughs> was I supposed so to yes and that? I just. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to yes and. I, I just wanted to be truthful. <laughs> I was hoping the truth would yes and the shit out of it. I was hoping oh, that, got it, uh, right. like, I wanted you to be honest, but I was hoping that the honest <laughs> story was like, actually, yeah, and we uh, created this whole world and my love of <laughs> RPGs, and that sprung from the world I created with my twin. No, it was just violence. That was, yeah, our, I enough. guess, that was probably our language. Did you? Can you feel each other's pain? Like, not in an empathetic no. way, in a literal, physical way. No, I, I just would just get mistaken for him for, like, traffic tickets and, and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all, that. Are you Timmy Beeman? Because we got a warrant for you. I'm like, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he's been saying the exact same thing whenever they come Absolutely, yeah, we got them bitches running in circles. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they use twins as shorthand for creepy in the mm. film, which is fair enough, but I would have expected more from it, because... Cage is being hammy and being cage about everything, but mm. all of the other actors, I would argue, are very good. Oh yeah. And if 
if it wasn't for Cage, this could be an excellent film. It's another film which I, I enjoyed watching it. It was an hour and 40 minutes. The time flew by. Mm. I really enjoyed yeah. myself. I, it's a film I would recommend to people, but it, but not for... It, it, if you like think pieces, then it's not the film for you. No, but there's not a lot of depth to the narrative or plot of this film. And the switch at the end with like the daughter still being alive and if this mm-hmm. was all a trap meant for him it's like i didn't like see it coming or anything but when it did happen i, I wasn't like <gasps> wasn't like taken aback it was like fucking Shyamalan, you did it again type thing it, it was <laughs> you know it was subservient to the plot like that's about yeah. it it was and uh, you know everything's up to no good right at the start when in the bar they serve mead Never trust anyone who drinks mead. Never trust anyone who makes mead. It is yeah. the devil's drink for devil people. I've learned but that I, lesson I the know. hard way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... The thing is, it's, 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 just a, it's just a bit of fun. It's just a bit of fluff. Mm-hmm. I think it's a shame that people get so violently aggressive about it. I think it's a shame that people hate it so much. And particularly, mm. it, it's one of those things where people will take a uh, cage being cage out of context and go like look at him screaming like why is it burnt why is it burnt why is it burnt and all of that scene which makes sense because no one's giving him a straight answer to anything so the idea that you mm. don't let someone ask because you're so frustrated and you're you've been pushed over the edge that you just scream the question over and over and over in their idiot face yeah. makes sense <laughs> yeah okay to be perfectly honest like, yeah a lot of people talk about this being the onus of like all the cage rage and the crazy yelling and stuff mm. but Honestly, like, it really did feel like the character. Like, it, it yeah. did feel like somebody who is obviously losing their mind. They're, they're taking medication. They're suffering from PTSD for this ghost children car accident at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Um, he's not really confiding in anybody. He's isolating. And then he goes to this whole other world that is so completely different. And it's driving him crazy. And, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't. It doesn't feel crazy to me. It, it doesn't feel like Cage overstepping or overacting like some people would say. It does yeah. feel like the character to me. Yeah, I, I, and that's why I think it. people should revisit the film. Because mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad film. I don't think it's a great film. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think it deserves like 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't mm. think it deserves to be nominated for Razzies and all that stuff. Yeah, that's a little far-reaching, honestly. Because, again, like I think a lot of those films get it because they're ridiculous in some some way that is really hard to grasp. Or they're mm. just so incredibly bad and bored, boring and <clears throat> horribly written. And this film was... None of those things, but it, like, if I had to assign it a value, it's like a 6 out of 10, you know? It's not like, yeah, it's not gripping, it's not amazing, well, it but it serves, like, a purpose. It serves a purpose, and it doesn't seem too far-fetched. I don't know what, um, I, 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 this might be a cultural thing, because mm. I don't know what uh, pagans in America are like. But, like, the idea of a small island, like, off the mainland, cut off from everything, and the people there are not necessarily vile, but are weird, that's not outlandish in Britain. Like, there are loads of little small islands off the mainland like that. Mm -hmm. There are communities who come across like that. And the idea of people dressing up as animals and dancing and setting fire to shit, 
like in order to for fertility gods those yeah. sorts of pagans still are around like i've met mm-hmm. loads of them like there may the first like marches lots of people go on involve someone dressing up as like a penis made out of a tree and someone dressed as a bear following him <laughs> dancing around screaming jack's alive like these are things which still happen it doesn't mm-hmm. seem as fanciful over here yeah. so i don't know what your pagan culture in america is like, like whether it's just goths but yeah we we have people who uh, wish to return to nature. We, you know, we have the Amish, and mm. it's not like that. It's yeah, it's not that crazy. It's not that out there. Um, yeah, we saw people who who have like who will resurrect like Plymouth Rock days. Like, yeah, uh, it, it's yeah, it's really not that crazy. I think that's why they really had to kind of change it to this matriarchy. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was like its purpose was to really make it feel out of place because that that's crazy right like women in charge come on yeah and the way that the women were in charge it it was weird because it's a film and they were women like how mm. they were treating the subservient men wasn't outlandish compared to a movie representation of it the other way around mm. like the mm. the way they were seeming just sort of like uh, like they they knew much more than any uh, perceived authority figure yeah. that they were just pooing everything he said and not taking him seriously. Mm. Again, yeah, it says more the, about uh, it says more about the reverse than it does the straight, right? Like it says more about how men see um, culture and sexes than women do, really. And yeah, like, to and say I'll, if I'll, the flip. If the script was flipped, it would be this way. It's it's really weird. Yeah, and like and I like the idea that we got a horror film. What should we do? It. What should we base it on? Women in charge? Christ! Oh, yes. Oh my god! Could you imagine? They would fucking make bees, honey, and stuff. It would be awful. I know that. Uh, what is? What is it? What's the deal with women and bloody yeah. bees? Fucking women and bees, man. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a leap away from Wicker Man, and we're going to enter yeah. Kind of Wicker Man with 8mm. <laughs> uh, 8mm is a film about... Uh, this was actually made by Joel Schumacher, if you're aware. He, he did, like, the 90s Batman stuff. Kind of yeah. crazy for him to go from that to this. But, yeah, Cage, uh, he plays a private investigator. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is asked by this incredibly wealthy older lady to uh, investigate a film that she found in her recently late husband's like vault, essentially. And on this film, which is is shot on Super Eight, it kind of comes up, um, <laughs> but not enough to name the movie after it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on this. Uh, uh, Super 8 is a film where uh, it's kind of a, it's a snuff film. A, a, yeah. a little girl gets murdered in it. Uh, it's very disturbing. It's meant to be. It comes off that way. And this guy is like, all right, I'm off. Uh, he's got a wife and kids. That matters, you know, as much as mm-hmm. it did back then. They're, they're pieces of him more than individual characters. And uh, so he goes off to investigate. Essentially, he finds out 
you know everything he needs to about this girl um and he goes to Las not Las Vegas he goes to Hollywood where yeah. he finds like some characters and they lead him further down the rabbit trail it's you know he has to like view more um kind of well, I don't want to kink shame anyone but it, more extreme porn as things go on in- oh no I think you can definitely kink shame for some of the things which are involved in this film I think yeah. s- snuff and snuff and pedophilia you're allowed to kink shame yeah, that. That, yeah at the end of his journey like he has to view or go goes into really slimy areas and yeah that's mm. it's really some fucked up shit Joaquin Phoenix is in this movie, which is insane. Yeah, yeah, he makes friends with the Joker. Uh, Max California. It's a great character, by the way. I do adore Mm. him. He's very snarky. He's very snarky in that of-the-times kind of way that is unrealistic, but also very enjoyable. He's he's with the quips. He's always with the quips. It's good times with Max California. I quite enjoyed the film, I must say. Yeah, it was it was pretty strong. I was very surprised, but he ends up finding the guy who shot the film. Mm. Um, how do how do I explain? It's a big climax where the director, which is played by Peter Storm Stormbridge, Stormbridge? Yeah, yeah, he's the baddie in every film in the nineties. Yeah, he's remember him. beautiful in this film as well. If you love that actor, Peter, you're going to love this film, because he, he does continue to ham it up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so D- Dino Velvet is his name. It's uh, <laughs> a great name. <laughs> they they trap Cage uh, uh, because they, they, they know he's on to them. Um, essentially, the lawyer of the, the older lady who hired him was in on it. He He's the one who... Uh, paid everyone to make the snuff film uh, for the late husband big twist mm-hmm. um, Dino kills the lawyer, the lawyer kills Dino uh, there's a get man he's an important character, he kills Max California, the saddest moment of the entire film, I love that yeah. character probably too much, but anyways um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think you can love Max California too much yeah, I hard agree um, and Nick gets away, um, but he's he's really struggling with this uh, this whole new pornography ring. He's worried. His wife is extremely worried about him. You know, threatens to take off with the kid, but he's got to mm-hmm. do this. Like he's got to do something about this because this poor little girl. You know, it, like no one gives a fucking shit about her. Um, so he goes back out. He finds like the dude who basically hired her for the film. He he makes him take him, which is played by uh, James Gandolfini. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, Sopranos. Brilliant. Yeah, he's so good, and he's really good in this too. Like proper piece of shit. Like excellent like, character. And he looks so much younger. Yeah, it's insane. Everybody looks so fucking young in mm. this. Um, <sighs> that time isn't it. That's uh, <laughs> that is what happens. Time happens. With the past. <laughs> <laughs> so he he makes them take him out to where they shot the film and killed the girl. And there's a moment in this where Cage is going to try to kill uh, James Gandolf- Gandolfini, and he can't. He just can't manage it. And he does something that 
really surprised me. I thought it was fucking nuts. He mm. he walks out. He calls the mom. Yeah. And he's like, hey, like, tell me you love your daughter. Because, like, I found the guys who are responsible for killing her. Uh, you know, confirming to the mother that the daughter is actually dead and not just missing. And she's crying. He's like, you gotta tell me. You gotta fucking give me fuel to kill this man, essentially. And she does. She, like, gives him the right away. He goes back in, beats him with the, like, grip of his fucking pistol. It's horrible. Lights the whole place on fire. And now he's, like, vendetta. Like, he's, he's on the trail. He finds the, the Gip man, who went, the guy who actually killed her, and yeah. uh, fights him out in the rain in a, in a tombstone, because that's how every uh, every bad guy dies. Um, and he's played by the uh, leader of the Doc Union in the second series of The Wire. Oh, wow. I've never seen The Wire. <laughs> oh, well, in the second I, series, the leader of the Union at the Docks, played by this man. Nice. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Well, I'll have to... I'll continue not to watch The Wire. Uh, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's like the thing with The Wire is no one watches it. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and people who have watched it, they, they tend to really, really keep their opinions close to their chest, don't they? <laughs> so, uh, he's revealed. He kills Gimp Guy. He goes back hmm. home. The wife and child are still there. And then he gets a letter sometime later from the mother about how, like, she hates that he told her, but, you know, it was only really them two that cared about the daughter, so that was cool, yeah. and then the movie ends. Just, it is, it's, that's it. It's great, because this film, it was um, directed by Schumacher, like mm. you say, but it was written by Andrew Kevin Walker, right? Who was the guy who wrote Seven. Whoa! That's a huge movie. That's a really good movie. Yeah. And, Where was he uh, on this? <laughs> <laughs> well, he he wrote it, but he um, wanted to um, just, like, wash his hands of it because Schumacher toned it down. Because oh. the version of the film that we all see and that we know and love, that is a really happy, toned-down, calm version of the original script. Oh, Wow. Has. Apparently it was just oh. relentless and like misery in the same way that Seven's just. Uh, oh, I would have loved that. Wouldn't that have been great? Yeah. But Joel Schumacher just wanted there to be some hope, which there is at the end of the film. I think yeah. it's surprisingly um, hopeful at the end. Like getting mm. there's a slog, and also a, I would argue a great Cage performance because he's very restrained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throughout the whole movie, his character is uh he's a private investigator in every way that you would think one would be yeah and so he's very like reserved he's very stoic um but when there are character shifts like it they're subtle they're on his face they're in in his sweat like you can kind of tell like when things are getting to him and yeah. then at, right at the end of the film when he comes home like and his daughter's still there and he bursts into tears like i really i really felt that moment mm, mm. i think there's something about because cage is he's renowned and enjoyed for being over the top and really loud and boisterous in everything he does when he just is quiet in a film it's 
so powerful, mm-hmm. I reckon. Mm-hmm. Just, it's almost like this style, it's almost like he's been leading up to this role and going like, right, I have to like show my ass and go all out in every other film so I can do this performance, mm-hmm. which, you know, say what you want about the film, but his performance is mesmerizing and so fucking bleak. It's brilliant. Yeah, it, it really shifts a tone way down compared to a lot of his other films in a very mm. enjoyable way. So yeah, I completely agree. It was... It, overall, as a film, it, it kind of slugged... Like, I, I explained a lot of it, but an hour of this film is really him just kind of investigating like who this girl is and where she went. Yeah, I, and it, I love it. It just kind of didn't do much during that entire hour. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I felt like that, like Wicker Man was an hour and a half. This yeah, eight millimeter was two. It probably could have been an hour and a half to you. Um, I think it probably could. I think you're right. But I enjoyed the um, slow, uh, the slow pace of it because I don't know that they're, they're dealing with such weighty, weighty, heavy, unpleasant uh, topics, and all sure. you're really learning from it is everyone into all of this stuff has the same music taste as me. This is upsetting. Yeah, but <laughs> like the, the main murderer listens to "Come to Daddy" by Aphex Twin three times in yeah. the whole film. His I bedroom love looked Aphex like Twin. my bedroom. You know, I was yeah. I was concerned. It's it's upsetting, isn't it? Just when you're there, they're showing you like, oh no, Cage's character's vomiting and crying, watching this disgusting uh, uh, video of some monstrous pornography, and you're just there going like, oh, is that Terra Satana? I bloody loved them. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> I shouldn't be tapping my toes to monstrous films. Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it makes me not feel very good about me, but fuck that. It's awesome stuff. <laughs> no, it, it, I I loved it. I I I loved it. Um, I I just think it's it's genuinely a very good film. Like most of the films we watch are well, actually, it's, it's a mixed bag. Like some mm. of them are fun in an enjoyable. Like it's not a good film, but it passes the time and it's mm. amusing watching him be mental. And then you've got your dog eat dogs, which we differ strongly on opinion, but you find offensive in how shit it is and how crazy it is. Um, and then every now and then he just goes, "Oh, I can act. Don't worry, yeah. I'm choosing not to, but I know what yeah. I'm doing." He showed up for this film for sure. Yeah, it, like, but this was what ninety eight, ninety nine. He didn't I have so. any troubles whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, the weight of the world was off his shoulder at that point. And how how old was he when he did this film? Was he like thirty two? I I can't remember. Age, Nick Cage, age in eight millimeter, thirty four. There we go. God, thirty four. I mean, he. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a great it's a great film. It's no it fun when the films are just really good. It's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there's a lot less crazy things to talk about, but we can mm. talk about um, snuff. A few. Um, yeah, let's get into snuff. What are what are your uh, thoughts? <laughs> uh, my thoughts. I think it is a bad thing. I don't think it's nice. You know, um, I, don't I have to disagree. I think it's an absolutely terrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to drop some hardcore bat like hot takes there. A, but, a big um, oops, we're not podcasting this anymore. <laughs> type information. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I don't, like, is it a real, it's not a real thing. Is it real? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know I mean, the real. faking of it most certainly is real. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's fine. That's watching anything, isn't it? Like, yeah, anything, anything that's faked is like, well... I mean, technically, we know. watched it, it, and it was yeah. faked. And, you know, so it's like, that's, it's entertaining, that's, right? Who's that? Who's the girl who played the girl who died in Eight Millimeter? Because I wonder what her career's like. Because the girl who played Mm. the girl who died in um, uh, Unfriended, she ended up being a really good actor who was. None of this is useful because I haven't got names of anything involved (laughs) with it. But um, Mm. no, I. Yeah, I I liked the film. I think there should be. uh, I would like to see this film remade. Yes, and I would, I would like, like to it, see the version you talked about. Yeah, I want to see it like relentlessly brutal, but slower and about four hours long. Because uh, I really enjoyed Cage and Phoenix like getting involved in the world and looking looking around. I think they could have had a lot more fun with that. Like not just going like, "Oh, we found this, and now we're going to watch this," and "Oh, it's upsetting." But hang on, it's not real. But the physical act of them going to these places and looking through these markets, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and that would was. have been fun to watch. Yeah, but it was really montaged through, right? Yeah, which I mean, there must be such a long cut of it somewhere because this was two hours with a montage, <laughs> and presumably. Yeah. On one version of it, that was a whole 30, 40 minute section where they're walking around and meeting people. Yeah, I'd be happy with a version of this film that kind of got to there a little quicker and yeah. then and stayed in that area, um, like the later half of the film for much longer. Because that was where the, like, the process of him uh, going, you know, taking California Mike, going to New York, finding Dino Velvet like researching yeah. those type films and getting the connections and then discovering like f- fucking, Oh my God. Like Peter was a threat. The moment he appeared, like yeah. so the way they introduced this character is that now I'm just talking about how good this film is. It, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the way they introduce this character is that they don't even show who he is. He's just behind a desk doing his thing, talking on the phone. And the shot is just, um, Nicholas Cage and Phoenix walking into the room and talking to him. And then the moment they show who he is, first of all, it had to be Peter. Can't be anybody else, honestly. Yeah, Peter. of course. <laughs> um, but the moment they shoot, show him on the film till the moment he dies, it's like he's a fucking physical threat. Like you're terrified of this human being. Uh, yeah. And it, it just doesn't stop. And he's like clearly a very smart and interesting character, even though he's a massive piece of shit. Like you really learn you're, you're afraid of him fucking second mm. one. And it's a great ride. Like it really is. It, it But I think there's something really interesting and miserable as well. Even when he's just going through the, um, uh, <clears throat> all of the files through all the missing children, just looking to see if he can find out who this girl oh, is. Yeah, so the many fact an that, upsetting yeah, the, amount of like research he had to do. Oh my god! Yeah, the fact that he was going there day after day, all of these and all yep. of these real life humans who were just forgotten about. Yep, it just seems like there was uh, 
occasionally it, the film did hit you with like, oh yeah, this is social commentary as well. This isn't just a fun romp in this mm-hmm. world. But I want to watch a documentary on the making of that film because I wonder what sort of research they had to do into it. Like, do you reckon they went around these horrific places themselves or do you reckon they just went, I yeah, imagine I mean, these sort of markets look like this? Because we're not going to go out and sort of like it, go... It did feel way. like a bit of set dressing it it just felt like a little more extended and uh a little bit more like feathered out right like mm. it, it felt a little extra hyperbole right like yeah. i don't think that they're literally un- like they literally went underground to get to some of these places yeah. <laughs> so i i don't i don't feel as though it's probably i, I do think they probably just extrapolated the idea right and I quite like that even in this film at like the end of the 90s they allude to the death of this whole world where Phoenix is just yeah. going like oh well the internet's coming along so yeah. no one gets all this anymore yeah. and it was it's it just a fun little throwaway thing like of course like anyone into all this like on the illegal side or just on the taboo but legal side whichever side of it you're on like that world doesn't exist anymore in that mm. way it's all entirely different, which I, I don't know. I've, I haven't got any point to make about that. I, I just thought it seemed quite interesting. It is, yeah. It very. Mm. I can't believe they made such a poignant remark about it, like in this film. Yeah, and good, good old, good old Joaquin Phoenix. <sighs> what, a, just, what a star! You know, I think he's. Amazing. I think he's really going places. I, I reckon in in a year or two, he's probably really going to find his feet. Yeah, I hope so. There we go. I think I I think I can probably hazard a guess and speak for both of us when I say, do we think eight millimeter won this one? Yeah, <laughs> I think it did. And you wouldn't know what's crazy. I think maybe if pitched up against these films, we made jokes about this at the beginning, but yeah, these films were remarkably similar in mm. like plot, thread, and and in character. Uh, I think if you maybe put Wicker Man against something else, which we won't do because it's gone yeah. now, it's forever, no one will ever. Yeah, it's, <laughs> might as well. It might as well be burnt up in a giant wooden man. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe it would have etched out because it is has more interesting things going on in it. But yeah, eight yeah. millimeter is definitely like a a film that I enjoyed more that I thought was more entertaining. Yeah, that's it. Eight Millimeters just a genuinely good film. Like, I don't know whether like people might be listening to this and go like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on, hang on." There's all these problems with Eight Millimeter, and I'd be interested to hear um, mm. why people think it's a shit film because I really like it. I don't see it as uh, problematic in any way, but I am a white man, so <laughs> I don't tend to see problems in many things that are hugely mm. problematic. Love I that need blindness. people to tell. Hell yeah, yeah really. because cause it's like, well, does this uh, in any way impede on me? <laughs> no. But, Not um, even a little. Yeah, but I, I'd be interested to hear what problems there are or controversies about that film. Mm. I wonder whether there's anyone in the world of the horrific, disgusting, um, illegal side of all of that who watches films like this and goes, well, that's a bit mean. Like, what I do isn't nice, but come on, I'm not like those pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and if, if please if you know let us know your name phone number 
full name, full number. We just it's just a little bit of survey information. That's all. Exactly. Promise won't tell anyone about it. We'll be on um, the hush. Yeah, on the on the QT, on on the down low, and all of that. But yeah, there we go. Eight millimeter has made its way through the ranks into round two. Round two is going to be a weird round. It's it? going to be I know pretty crazy. We've got hundreds of films to get through yet before we get to round two. I but, I thought that it, you know maybe this is a little too inside baseball, but hmm. since we've probably seen well, we will have seen every film in round two. I thought it'd be a good idea if we just uh, possibly watched them together and maybe gave some like live commentary. Could be a different take on the films. I th- I think definitely. I like the idea of. Um, yeah, us essentially recording commentary tracks for people to watch. <laughs> that, that, that sounds great. It's like, this will be a lot of work for you listeners, but there will be some watch-along episodes coming yeah. up. Could be fun. That will be very fun. And at some point we'll sit down with um, uh, some of the other podcasts and um, watch films with them. And yeah. Just- Oh, I'd love that. So, and then at the very end, the final film, we will watch with Nicolas Cage. Of course we will. Of course we will. Hmm. By the way, how are you getting along with everything? Because to be honest, I've been distracted with various life things and I haven't done anything over the last few weeks trying to get hold of Nicolas Cage. I apologise. I, okay. I know I've, I've, I've let the side down a bit. But how are you getting along? Have you written a one-man show yet? I have done as much work as I started now. Nice. Good. Uh, <laughs> we have we have let you down, listener, with all of that this time. But don't worry, because I will hassle the shit out of every single person I can think of in order to get hold of Nick Cage to watch that f- the, the, la- the best film or the last two films, whatever it ends up being, but we'll watch it with him. That is our guarantee. It's not legally binding if someone <laughs> says guarantee on a podcast, is it? No, not at all. Cool. Our legally not binding guarantee, we will watch it with him. I genuinely think this is possible. And watch yeah. us succeed. Watch us succeed. Absolutely. For you, the ungrateful listener. If we've Oh, goodness. There we yes. go. So, Thomas, tell the good people. Um, I mean, this is a hellishly efficient episode, I tell you. But <laughs> tell the, it's, it's because I've, I've, I've subtly really, really desperate for the toilet. So it's like, come on, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I am Thomas, and you can find me at Thoughts in Flight. Uh, F-L-I-T-E on Twitter. Or Thoughts in Flight pretty much everywhere on the internet. I do the stream sometime what about you mr greg uh i uh gregoryakeman.org is where you want to go for all of your greg business um i am still doing the uh better bible i'm knocking that out i i started because i had something i wanted to do so i thought how can i distract myself from that but i've been try i've been trying to make a uh 20 episode uh, musical stop motion. So, hopefully, something comes of that. But I, I, I don't know whether anything will. Like, but uh, that is what I'm currently working on, nice. along with Bible podcast is uh, coming out over and over again, and uh, that's and, and this 
that's that's pretty much it. But I'll be, um, yeah, I'll be knocking out all kinds of bits and bobs. And yeah, that's me. Excellent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between, bees. What do you say we cut the chit chat a hole? Hello, everybody, and welcome once more to episode. Don't know, eight, seven, six. <laughs> well, I mean, cage fight. It is episode. It's later than episode five, but it is not yet double figures. I don't think. I think it's definitely not nine. So, but whatever. Like, if you're listening to it now, have a look at whatever player you're using. It will say there what number it is. That is the number. Exactly, you, you pricks. Why'd you make us do everything? Exactly. We watched the bastard films, we made notes, we discussed it, we come up with all this stuff. The least you can do, you ungrateful bastards, is keep track of what number episode this is. I'm in a bad mood now, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) And the Wicker Man. I mean, I mean... It, this is this is a huge episode of um, Cage Fight, and let, just just let the people know what we do here, Tom. Mhm. Oh, you say you say this each time. Has he directed any movies? Fantastic. I'm excited for that one. I am most excited for the one he directed. I want has he written any films? I mean I could just Google this, but you know. Okay. Well as as has already been alluded to well, not alluded to, out and out it. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Don't worry, don't worry. It's all good. It's it's absolutely fine. We're we're gonna use all of this. Uh, have you changed your settings so you got the right uh, mic, the right input? Uh, 